Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we get started, are you thinking of creating a podcast or are you a podcast host already? As a podcast strategist, I can help you to launch or relaunch a purposeful and profitable podcast, which will inspire, entertain and educate a global audience. Simply book in a one-to-one call with me right now via the Calendly link in the show notes and together we'll focus on the purpose of your podcast. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Naomi Stonia. Welcome, Naomi. Hello, Amy. Thanks so much for having me on. And a shout out to Rachel Maunder for the introduction. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's so great to have people who have been on the show and then say, you know what, you really need to speak to Naomi for a hit for today. Yeah, Rachel actually helped me with my why. She helped me with my talk. So yeah, I worked with her on that. Fantastic. Well, we'll come to that in shortly, I'm sure. But firstly, let's kick off with what is it that you are focusing on at the moment? Well, I am a one-to-one relationship coach, but I don't work with couples. I teach you how to stop waiting and go first. What's the difference? Well, I teach people how to change their relationships without the other person doing anything. So I don't work with couples. One of the things that we do is we believe that unless our partner does the work, um, we can't change the relationship. So we spend a lot of, so it's quite a powerless place to be. So I teach you how to stop waiting and go first. And it's a, a pretty game changing skill to learn in life. So you've got people who come to you seeking relationship advice, and, yeah. but you don't want to work with, the, with them together. You want to work with them separately. Yeah. Well, it's my story, Amy. I was the only one to get coached and everybody changed. Tell me more about that. So, well, I, you know, we are sponges soaking this stuff in from the first moment. I took this stuff from childhood into adulthood and it showed up everywhere for me. So it showed up in my relationship. It showed up in my friendships. The workplace was a really difficult place for me. And basically, I lived on the emotional roller coaster and life was exhausting. And that meant for me that when a life event came my way, and it's coming for all of us, right? This stuff, no one gets off scot-free. And my life event was infertility. I was completely unequipped to deal with it. And my life blueprint, you know, this is how I coach. And we all have a life blueprint. So it determines the quality of your life. So you have your actual life. And then you have your life blueprint, which is how you think your life should be and how close your, your, your happiness is determined by how closely the two are. So my life blueprint was a big family and I was desperate for a big family for lots of reasons. I thought it was going to give me lots of love. I'd always be needed. You know, I was looking to this big family to give me all these things I needed. And so that meant 
when we were lucky enough to have a beautiful daughter by IVF, I was still desperate for more. And it just turned into an obsession for me uh, because I, I needed this big family so much for all these reasons. That for, I thought it was going to give me all these things. And so I just went down this rabbit hole of, you know, lots and lots of fertility treatment over many years and it nearly broke us. But this is my story. This is my why. It turned out to be my gift because not getting what I so desperately wanted got me taking a look at how I was showing up and how I was interacting in relationships, how I was creating my own experience. And it brought me to relationship coaching. It's amazing, isn't it, how the, the voids that we have and the lack often yeah. leads us to understanding of, about gratitude, about understanding more about the way that life works. So making that shift of, of understanding that you don't need to have this before scenario so that you don't have to have this huge family, then you'll be happy. Mm. What was a shift for you? Well, it was more that, and if this is just so normal, we have to normalize it. It's human nature. We have a lot of expectations in our relationships and we expect our relationships to do a lot of things for us. And it puts a lot of pressure on the relationships. And also when we are not okay, you know, this is human nature. Your brain will always focus when you're not okay. It will focus on what's in front of you. And that's usually your partner. So when you're not okay in yourself, you'll look to them and you'll blame them and you'll expect them to make you feel better. So that's what I was doing. And it made my relationships difficult. It made them unsatisfying. You know, I was hoping that all these kids were going to make me feel loved and feel needed. And, you know, young kids are a great source, an easy source of love. But young kids turn into teenagers. <laughs> and then life becomes very difficult. So for me, what relationship coaching taught me was how I was creating my experience. I learned simple emotional management tools. Relationship coaching taught me why I was going to certain places again and again and again, even though they didn't feel good. And it taught me how to stop doing it. <laughs> and you said this was your story. Mm. And this is this is how you have moved into what you're doing now. I want to understand about the the shift between expectations. Mm. And then and reality for you. Yes. Well, I, first of all, learned the game changing belief that other people cannot create your emotions. So I believed people in my life were making me feel a certain way, which is not a good place to be. It means you're at the mercy of what other people do. So I learned, and we are taught, when nobody teaches us this stuff, so we're taught that our emotions are outside of us, they happen to us, and that somehow they're pre-programmed, but they're not. We do emotion, we create emotion. So I went on the journey to learn how I create my emotions 
So, and that got me in control. That got me focused on the one thing I can control, which is myself. So no matter what situation I was in, I could say, okay, I'm feeling this way. I know nobody can make me feel this way. What's what's going on with me? And so that got me back in control and focusing on what I could control. Then I learned to nip, you know, there was, you know, we create patterns and we just run them and we run them for decades. So you have no idea you're doing this. It's like a reflex. So something gets said, something gets done and you, you, it's like a reflex action. So you can learn in very simple, small ways to start catching the patterns you're running and then you can start breaking them. And then, you know, the great news is, is you're creating all the stuff that doesn't feel good. You can start creating the stuff that does feel good. And so, you know, this is where all the gratitude practice, you know, we hear all these words, don't we? The appreciation. I I, I started at the very beginning. It, I call it an emotional workout, just like you have to go to the gym and do a physical workout. It's exactly the same with your emotions. These are muscles that you have to practice. So for me, I would do a five minute gratitude practice every day. So I would use music to, you know, inspire emotion in me. I would use photos, special memories, sentimental objects. And I would just sit and feel grateful for key moments in my life. And then I would feel grateful for, you know, a moment that had happened that day. And I just it was a repetition, a muscle that I had to build until it be it became a, a reflex, a conditioned ability to just go to appreciation rather than, you know, I, I lived in expectation and I felt deep sorrow around all the things that I felt I should have that I didn't have. And what's the time frame on this, Naomi? Where, what sort of realisation time frame have you gone through with this? I love that question. It's a lot. I'm a lifer. I'm on the journey for life. So I forget five times a day and I remember five times a day. <laughs> so, I mean, what I teach people in their marriage, this is what I love to teach people in their marriage is give what it is. The way you get what you want is you give it. So give whatever it is you want to receive. This is what I challenge people to do. Whatever it is you feel is lacking in the relationship, I want you to commit to playing full out, giving this without expectation of a response for a minimum of six months, at least. Better a year, two years. Just commit to just giving. And uh, it's, you know, it feel it's people think, oh, my God, why are you crazy? You know, but, you know, you commit to doing this for six months. You'll have a true picture of where your relationship really is at, you know. So, yeah, I'll say a minimum of six months. We all like to try something for two weeks and then give up. But when you are doing it for yourself. So so this is what I learned to do. I learned to work on these goals for me. So I let go of needing my relationship to be a certain way. I let go of family members, wishing family members were a different way. And I thought, OK, I need to learn to do this for me. So I, I just started learning this stuff for myself. And better relationships were sort of a side benefit, a byproduct of me, you know, learning to live 
an easier life. You know, life was a really exhausting, difficult place for me. So the benefit for me was just, I was so sold on that. And then the rest of it was like a byproduct, a really great byproduct. And you described it as being this emotional roller coaster. When, how old were you when you started being conscious that you're on this roller coaster? That's a really good question. I think it probably kicked in. I think, I mean, I had always been on it, but I think the consequences of it, so it was like normal life for me, you know, and I had really great reasons for why life is harder than me. I could easily go to places to say, well, I had a tough time here, there, and that's why life is harder for me. But I think the consequences started to kick in when I got into a long-term relationship and I became a mum. And it was, and it, as, the, as, as it started to show up in my intimate relationship, and then I was very clear I didn't want to pass anything on to my daughter. But yeah, I started to see consequences in my marriage, started to struggle. And I, I was very aware I don't want my daughter to have these experiences that I have had. And I thought I wasn't passing them on, but so much of this is unconscious. And yeah, I was on the road to passing quite a bit on. But for, I mean, it, the tipping point for me was when after nine rounds of IVF and lots, you know, very poor health, lots of money, I hadn't managed to have this other kid. I was like, oh, OK, I have to take a look at this. And it's interesting, isn't it, that you you, you were talking about how to learn to live an easier life. And yeah. No one ever says that that's the way that it should be. You know, It is about struggle. There is so much of in our life that is about struggle and the lessons that are there for us. There's, there's so many different elements I want to sort of pick on here. I'm going to talk about the relationship part because we are built to have relationships. In fact, it's very hard to, to survive without relationships in life. We, we're not built to be alone. We are need We need to connect with others. So at what point is there an understanding that a relationship has broken down or is there an understanding that this is something that could survive? Yes. Well, that is why we must do the work on ourselves first to understand what you're filtering this all through. You know, we are sponges soaking this stuff in from the first moment and we create this system of beliefs from all the experiences we have, from all the years on earth, we create this system of beliefs. It's kind of like your operating system on your computer. So everything's running on it, but most of it we're entirely unconscious of. So we make all our choices and decisions from this operating system. Most of it we don't even realize we have. So you say or do something and I filter it through this operating system and, you know, I create meaning and my system doesn't match your system. In fact, they clash. And this is where all the miscommunication, the misunderstanding comes from. So how to get a clear picture of what exactly the issues are. You have to do the work on yourself first to understand the meaning you're giving, why you're going to these places. And when you can get really clear on that and have good awareness of yourself, what happens is, is a lot of the problems in the relationship go 
So you have less problems to deal with because you've resolved many of them by being coming into awareness of yourself. And then what is left, you deal with in a much more effective and confident manner because we don't understand emotional management and our emotions are really dangerous to us. You know, our brains don't know the difference between real or imaginary danger and your emotions are dangerous. And when you're experiencing a difficult emotion, your brain wants to take that outside of you, blame your partner and you get into a lot of confusion and miscommunication. It's incredible the amount of miscommunication that can go on between people who have been in each other's lives for a long time. <laughs> so that's why you've got to start with yourself first. And then what's left, you deal with it in a much more effective manner. There, you know, there's much less, you know, if you find out, okay, no, maybe this, this relationship after you've done all this work, maybe this relationship doesn't have a future. You end it with much less damage. You move on much more quickly and you don't repeat the mistakes in the next relationship. It really reminds me of Brenny Brown and the call to courage where she talks about this. The story I'm telling myself right now is, and you're absolutely right, so often the story you're telling yourself is so not what's happening. And that's where the miscommunication breakdown occurs. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a revelation to do this work. There's a lot of relief when you do this work. There's a lot of normalizing of this stuff because we have so much shame and blame going on of ourselves and each other. And you can eradicate a lot of that and get to some you know, you just, you learn to communicate better. You learn to listen better because when emotion is high, intelligence is low. And when I think you're coming at me, you know, my reasoning goes out the window. So yeah, it's, it's just that joyful experience of being able to be okay and handle what is coming at you when you both learn to do that, you know, when one person has the courage to go first and start modeling this work, most times the other person comes too. in my experience. And I want to pick on that about the emotions being high and intelligence being low, because a lot of people will trust their, their rationality over their feelings, but actually Feelings are as equally important and give us as much information as our rationalization. Yeah. Well, we we fear our emotions. There's a lot of resisting emotions. And when you are able, when you allow yourself to feel something, it will process through much more quickly. And then you can make a decision. So we make a lot of choices and decisions based on avoiding or changing our emotions. And so when you allow yourself to experience your emotions, because your brain thinks that uncut, that guilt or that anger or that fear, you know, it's real danger to your brain. And so your brain will do all sorts of crazy stuff to avoid doing it. Uh, to avoid experiencing it even the potential of feeling an emotion will get you avoiding will get you finding reasons not to have that difficult conversation with your partner so when you allow yourself to feel your emotions and still and you know process them and then take action my god your half your problems will disappear overnight 
<laughs> you will have a lot more time and energy, you know, and you'll feel a lot more confident. Yeah. And, and does it come down to that? Is it is it confidence? Well, for me, I was so terrified of my emotions that I, uh, you know, it showed up in my work. I couldn't I couldn't talk up at work. I couldn't go for a promotion. You know, I couldn't handle that tricky colleague or that that boss. So I had to stay safe and avoid challenge in the workplace. So you can imagine what the consequences were for my career. Um, I would not be able to have difficult conversations with, with, with my loved ones because I couldn't handle the emotions around that. So that had a consequence for my relationships. Um, so yeah, I mean, what for me a big turning point was a very disempowering relationship I had in my family of origin, my family that I grew up with. Because I believe this person created my emotions, I couldn't be around them, and I, 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 I had to, I, I didn't have any contact with them. And once I realised this person couldn't make me feel like this, I started being able to have contact with them. And I was actually able to develop a relationship with them where they carried on being their same old self. They didn't change, but I became okay with that. And I wasn't affected by that anymore. And that gave me huge confidence. But also what happened is, is it really dropped the intensity, the pressure in the relationship. And we were able to become friends. You know, because I stopped, there was so much pressure on the relationship because everything was so loaded. Everything they did or said, I'd be like, oh no, they're going to start. They're going to, you know, they do this, that. Oh, it's so unfair. And I was very powerless. And when I stopped feeling powerless and started feeling in control of my own experience, it, I, the confidence it gave me that, you know, if I can handle this difficult person, I can handle other difficult people and I can be okay. If people don't behave the way I like them to behave, I can be okay. And so it gave me a lot of confidence. I started taking on a lot more challenge. I mean, I would, you know, five years ago, never have imagined I'd be, I'd be sat talking to you, Amy. You know, I feel, you know, tense and anxious now, you know, being interviewed, but it, it doesn't stop me taking action because I'm just able to hold that in my body and still talk and be absolutely fine because I understand my emotions and I know, and I no longer fear them. Yeah, well, that is just, you know, a huge celebration, isn't it? It really is. And what I want to sort of also just pull on another thread is the the blueprint, this blueprint that you said determines the quality of our life that we hold. Have you let go of that blueprint or is it has it changed in what? Oh, it looks like? Yeah, that's such a great question, because that was actually a key moment in my life when I got told you've got two. So my blueprint had been this big family. Now I, I got told you have you have two options. You can either change your life so it more closely resembles your blueprint. And so I try I had tried that. I had really thrown the kitchen sink at that one. <laughs> you know, I had moved heaven and earth to move my actual life closer to that blueprint. Or you can just change your blueprint. And it was at that moment, I was like, oh, 
I can just be a happy mum of one. I could just have a one one child family and that can be my blueprint. And it was a, an amazing moment, but I don't think I could have got there if I hadn't learned why I was so desperate for that blueprint. And it was about meeting needs. And so I, I tell people, what is it you are craving in your relationship? What do you feel is lacking? You know, it's, I want more attention. I want more affection. You know, I want a bit more excitement or adventure, or maybe I want a bit more security and stability. We're always after a feeling. You know, why do you want those things? It's a feeling you want. So why did I want that big family? Because I wanted a feeling. I wanted lots of love. And it was actually questioning what's the feeling you want to get and how can you give that to yourself? It's always available to give it to yourself first. And then, you know, once I knew how to love myself and feel secure in myself, I could let go of having a big family. I didn't need it. I don't need a big family. You know, it's a terrible reason to have children. Those poor kids, you know, can you imagine? I mean, I always love to say, thank God. I, I'm now a great mum of one instead of a terrible mum of five. <laughs> So, yeah, the, the blueprint, you know, but blueprints can be great, you know, because you can lots of times change your life to get to that blueprint. Or if you can't do that, let's change the blueprint. Yeah, it's in your control. The control, confidence, challenge. I want to ask about purpose. Yes. And, and how that's really featured in this journey for you. Well, you know, it, it is who I am relation relationship coaching is who I am if I didn't do it for a job it would be who I am my love of the journey from my purpose is for myself first I'm my first client and then for everybody else in my life and that overflow goes into my clients um, that journey from fear we act from one of two places fear or love Oh, every single action in the world comes from one of those places. It's a fear-based action or it's a love-based action. And that never-ending journey from a fear reaction, you know, this is human nature to have a fear reaction and to catch your fear reaction and switch into a love-based reaction, go to kindness, go to assuming positive intent, heart-centered communication is the most empowering energizing there's so much relief in it that I will always be on that journey from that fear reaction that that knee-jerk fear reaction to love to choosing love I will always be on that journey for myself because it's it's just such a relief to always be able to make that switch but then to be able to walk others through the process Teach them the process of switching from fear to love and for them, for them to then be able to watch the results they create when you learn how to do this is the joy of my life. <laughs> and it's, you know, it, it's, it's a journey I always hope to take. I'll never retire. <laughs> I'll always just be, you know, going to love for the rest of my life because it's just a, it's a power source. And if someone had come to you, Naomi, and said, I have got the, the secret to your solution here that I've got, I know what it is that you need. And, and the answer is love. Would you have believed them? 
Oh, uh, before my relationship coaching journey, yes, I would have been incredibly cynical. I would have said, what a load of nonsense. And cynicism is fear. It's just fear. I was an incredibly cynical person because I was an incredibly scared person. And so whenever um, I so whenever I see any of the fear emotions and so they are all shades of anger, you know, cynicism is a form of anger, you know, sarcasm, sarcasm, it's a form of anger. I just see fear. So most most you know it's really interesting the reaction you get when you say you're a relationship coach some are skeptical half some are skeptical some love it but whatever the reaction you know just that always that love for you know it's underneath it all we're all just terrified it's so normal for me to say the answer is love and this person to say shut up and go away <laughs> you know I just see the fear in that and I I get it I've been there <laughs> and it is such a it, it does sound simple when when we sort of lay it out like this and say that you know every everything comes from either love or fear and and that's the the sort of operation system that we're using as as the filter as you said earlier and but choices and decisions they they come from as you said, the feelings which come from what we've interpreted come from the moments and it's just a constant cycle. It really is. And everything that is at the forefront right now is filtered through your purpose, even if you're aware of it or not, of what your purpose is. It's there. And a lot of people find this as, you know, they don't believe it. Well, it is there and it, it's a part of who you are. And you having this incredible saying that it is this is who I am this is what I do this is how I present to the world this is a, a a lifelong project you said you're a lifer right what do you want have you got a mission have you got a vision for where you want to take this it's so interesting that you say that because I you know I don't feel the need to save the world and I love these skills and I want to put them in the hands of so many, as many people as possible. And I plan to always be talking about this stuff. But the honest truth is that I just love relationships. I am fascinated and obsessed by relationships, my own and anyone else who is in my life. I'm always constantly you know, just figuring everybody out. And so I just feel like the luckiest person alive that people pay me to talk to them about their relationships because it's what I love. I'm obsessed with it. And it's just a, a happy byproduct of doing what I love that it also helps people. So I don't know if that answers your question, but just it's a bit of a selfish mission. I just want to do what I love every day. <laughs> and I I love the fact that there is a buy, there is a side benefit to that, that people get help. <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, relationships are like purpose. They're built over time. They require yeah. effort and love and attention. And what you put in is what you get back. And so absolutely, the relationships that you're building and nurturing and developing and helping will 
actually create incredible things. Yes. So so the mission and the vision is not necessarily the work you're doing, but it's what it allows other people to go on to do. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, I am one person, my entire wider family, my immediate family, my wider family have been affected. My friends have been affected, you know, so just that one person at a time, well, it ripples out, doesn't it? So that's a nice feeling. It really is. And I I believe that relationships are shaped by the experiences that you have with others and, and without other people. I said it right at the beginning. It's a very the world is a very lonely place. Yeah. So it's yeah. a case of of nurturing, as you say. I love the work you're doing. Honestly, it's just, it's glorious. It really is. So how could people reach out to you and connect with you and follow the work that you're doing? Well, if what I have talked about here with you today, Amy, has resonated for the listeners, the next step is to talk to me one-to-one. I offer a free one-hour consult and I will take everything we've talked about today and I will apply it to the listeners specific set of circumstances so what we do is we take a look at where you are now in your relationship where you want to be in your relationship and how coaching with me will bridge the gap between the two and we can discuss all the specifics of what it would look like to work together so I will share with you my booking link and if anyone wants to book that one hour free call with me please do But obviously, I'm also on socials. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, and I will share those links with you. Perfect. Well, they're all in the show notes, so go and look for them there. Naomi, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Focus on Why and continue working your magic in building and creating and nurturing incredible relationships because absolutely love is the way forward. So I'm, I'm with you on that. There's no cynicism coming from my direction. Do you have some final words, please, for the listener? I would just love to say, you know, if you just spend your life turning your expectations into appreciations, life will become a lovely place for you. How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.